G'day Sports by Fry fans. Thank you for tuning in to another Fry's Fast Five. I am back at halftime of the Cats and Crows game and uh, Geelong have bounced out to about a 20 point lead at the moment, which is uh, very handy because I forgot to do my tips for tonight. So technically, Geelong will be my pick to win the game. Uh, I probably would have sided with the Crows, but I'm gonna harp on with footy and talk all my AFL fantasy stuff on the second half of me Fast Five today. But I wanna start with some NBA stuff. Uh, the article I'm currently working on is my NBA Mock Draft 1.0. Essentially, I know there's about a week left in the NBA season, and I know that things are going to change probably tenfold until the draft lottery in May. But I want to just start to the, start working through the process. I guess is the best way to say it. And I do probably five to six versions of my mock draft throughout this season. Uh, and because we're nearly at the end of the season, and a lot of the high-end draft prospects have finished their collegiate seasons and starting to declare for the draft. I'm going to uh, dive in and just make a couple of picks with that. Uh, one thing that I've got pretty much locked in at the moment is Ja Morant to Phoenix at pick two. Now, I talked about him a little bit on my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter posts today, but I think that if Ja lands in Phoenix, that's almost a best-case scenario for him. I know that one of the teams may be in the second half of the lottery jumping up and stealing a top two, because that's what it's going to take, probably the second pick to get Jar, maybe top three if someone picks RJ, but it's going to take that for someone to draft him. And I think there's a few teams that interest me. If Orlando missed out on the playoffs and pulled a shocker and just leapfrogged all the way up, that would be cool to see him in Orlando. I always kind of like the magic, but I've got him going to Phoenix at the moment. I think Phoenix, I don't think at the moment they can pick any lower than about sixth. Um, they're slated right in that number two spot. And Phoenix almost has everything else on their roster. They got their big defensive big man, although he's not a great rim protector, let's be honest, in uh, DeAndre Ayton, but he's taken strides this year. They got their scoring guy in Devin Booker. And throughout the tournament, especially during March Madness, Ja Morant showed that he can play without having to shoot a lot. And he's an awesome passer. I was talking to J-Lo about it yesterday. He kind of... Some of the passes he pulls off are a little bit Steve Nashy, just very crafty, very elusive. So a lot of people are comparing him to Westbrook because of his athleticism, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jar ended up becoming a high assist guy and kept some of his points down. Still, I think he's going to be a star, hence the reason I've got Phoenix taking him too, and that would be pretty ideal. As I talked about, AFL Fantasy, uh, lock, we got partial lockout for tonight. Dangerfield at the moment is on about 80 points, so hopefully you took him as your vice-captain option. Considering where he's at, I mean, with my captain, I'm taking anything over 120 at the moment. So Danger's on track to probably go no worse than 130, so make sure you have the loophole uh, ready to go. That basically means you put a non-playing player on your field, put the captain badge on them, and then you have uh, another player as your emergency to get that score. But your captain will obviously score zero if they don't play, which means your vice captain score is doubled. Uh, like I said, the Cats put on a bit of a show in the first half, and I'm very happy to see that one of the Cats junked it up uh, in the second half of the second quarter, and that was Timmy Kelly, who came in for Isaac Heaney for me this week. In my second trade, because of the way teams panned out, I ended up getting rid of Alex Witherden and went all the way down to Brody Smith, who from memory is on about 36 at half time. So I did look at Nick Newman. I did also look at Wayne Millerer, who's on about 100, oh, on track for about 100, I should say. But the money that was available for me to go with it and down to Brody Smith not only allowed me to go Heaney to Kelly, but I think I've now got about 140, 160 grand in my back pocket. And the way that I kind of worked through that idea is that 
Witherden could still average 85 plus, right? But throughout his career for about six years, I know he's injured not last, oh yeah, he missed most of last season, Brody Smith that is. But with the exception of the rest of his career, he's gone between 75 and 80. So that's not a huge drop off. Nick Newman, he could be 85 plus, much like Whitfield. But I saved about 200 grand making that move. So that was my thinking behind that decision. And it might come back to bite me with it. And obviously started slow and should trend upwards. But yeah, I couldn't pass up on that potential uh, money grab. I'm going to be doing a couple of other articles over the weekend. The NBA Mock 1. Probably won't be up by the time you're watching this. I'm going to prioritise getting this up before the second half of the Cats and Crows game. But NBA Mock Draft will be up tomorrow at the absolute latest. And NFL 1 will follow that. And then I'm going to do a piece on Kemba Walker over the weekend and talk about some potential landing spots for the Charlotte Hornets star. But that's all I've got for now. Time for me to get this done so I can watch the second half of the footy. Until next time, peace. Peace.